The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Ross are brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Ross were brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday evening, January 5th, currently 9.48 on the East Coast. And a lot of you may be wondering, a Thursday podcast? Oh boy, it's a special, special podcast. Since we are an NBA pod, we also like having a big three as well. Me and Terrell have been holding it down since the start of the season. Uh, we're holding down the fort. I think we've been doing pretty well so far, but I felt like something was still missing. And I know a lot of you have tweeted at us, uh, DM'd us, and said that we need to start going every day for the NBA Gambling Podcast. We're going to start to try to do that within the next week or the week after. But we have a special podcast tonight to go through the Thursday games. And since it is the week of returns in the NBA, Kyrie Irving returning tonight for the Nets. Clay Thompson returning for the Warriors. So for the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's the return of the third superstar, <laughs> Zach Broner. Zach, welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast, brother. How are you doing, my man? Bro, I'm good. It, it's so good to be back. Uh, obviously, you and I have caught up offline a couple of times now, um, but Really just so excited to be back, and it's awesome to, you know, I've been following along all year. I had to take off, uh, take off some time to handle some stuff, you know, in the outside world. But, yeah, you know, you cannot beat the SGPN community, as, as you and I both know, and it's going to be back on the mic. It feels right. It feels right to see you. I, you know, last year was absolutely amazing for both of us, uh, you know, betting professionally, getting to know each other as well. So, yeah, just excited to be back. And I'm excited to get into it. I know we have some fun topics for tonight and going forward. So I'm, I'm in the Slack channel, try to be in there a little more, you know, throw out some cute young players in there for you guys to check out. But um, yeah, it's glad to be back. And it's just so funny to be on the other end of the, uh, the three, two, one at the start of the show. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys hear that or not, but um, yeah, moon up. It's great to see you, bro. Yes, sir. It's uh, it's good that we oh we have you back. Like you said, I had to take care of some personal things uh, happening in your life, and we all get busy. But I said, I told Zach, I don't you know take all the time you need, 
but you need to be back on the NBA gambling podcast because, you know, last season, um, you know, you and I, like you said, we, we, we developed a great, great chemistry, um, just breaking down everything happening in the NBA, whether it was, you know, awards markets, you know, players under the radar, you know, going game by game, breaking down the uh, handicap, the uh, spread, the totals and all that good stuff. So, so glad to have you back. Like I said, Zach's going to be back at least once a week um, for the NBA gambling podcast. So, Definitely excited to have you back, my man. Um, so pretty much what we're going to do tonight, guys, you already know the format, but you guys have been listening to my voice uh, for the entire season. You guys have been listening to Rel's voice for the entire season. Zach always brings that different perspective of the NBA, guys that are flying under the radar, guys that we usually don't talk about. You know, we always talk about the Steph Currys of the world, the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant, the James Hardens, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's. Uh, those type of players. And if you follow Zach on Twitter or you're in the SGPN Slack channel, Zach is always dropping those under the radar players. So um, quick agenda for the show. Um, we're going to pick Zach's brain. We're going to just get caught up on his thoughts uh, about the NBA, what's happened both in the Western, uh, West Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Uh, big surprise, biggest disappointment. And then we'll uh, get Zach thoughts on uh, under the radar players to keep an eye on and that he's also seen flourish. And we do have four games tomorrow in the NBA schedule. We'll break those down for you guys as well. And as usual, we'll give you our lock and dog uh, for uh, the Thursday night game. So Zach, let's just dive right into it, man. I'm going to give you the floor here first. Let's start. Let's start with the Western conference here, man. Um, a twofold question. What's been your, let's start with the biggest surprise and, and what, what you've kind of seen um, from top to bottom in the Western conference so far. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And you know, it's funny right before we came on the show, I, I checked my phone coming out of work. I, I had the magic tonight plus nine right before the five thirty PM injury report. They were on the board as pl- plus 10, you know, the five thirty injury report comes out. Cole Anthony's in drops to nine ends up finishing 10. So, yeah. you know, I know we talked about this a lot last year with COVID, but that stuff, still a factor so i'm looking forward to talking about that with you but i'm gonna try to go off the radar with a couple of these i'm I, i'm sure uh, we'll have some interesting things to say but i'm yeah. gonna start off with the biggest surprise in the west to me has been the new orleans pelicans and okay. you know sitting here at 13 and 25 it, it's not amazing right like you know they're still i think they're they, they are second to last in the west and kind of low-key all these teams in the bottom of the west okc new orleans houston they haven't been that bad or at least not as bad as we see with detroit and orlando in the east um but with the pelicans Five and five in their last ten, uh, and, and you're looking at three straight losses to the Jazz, Bucks, and Suns. Probably three of the four best teams in the NBA right now. It's a team that played to 15th in net rating in the month of December. Um, you know, this was a league average team coming on here, even with the clouds around this team with Zion Williamson, Kira Lewis being out of the lineup now, who's a, you know a key factor in their backcourt. Jackson Hayes not really panning out as well as you know a first year head coach, the youngest head coach in the NBA. But I think Willie Green has really started to tap into this group. I think. These guys play hard for him. Um, you have a lot of guys buying in. Now Herb Jones kind of setting a defensive identity for this team. And to me, I, I tweeted this the other day, but it's all about Brandon Ingram. And I'm curious what you feel about him. I think he, right now, I mean, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. And, and I would put him right in that group of young wings with, you know, your Jason Tatum, your Zach Levine, your Devin Booker, guys that we talk about every night. Brandon Ingram, you know, he's a 25-5-5 and guy really improving as a playmaker, as a passer. Um, and, and you look at right now, his shot diet, it's difficult, right? He's like the main alpha on this team. 
when you bring Zion back to this team, if, if he ever does come back, I'm sure we could talk about that as well, but yeah. Zion's ability to get to the rim, Brandon Ingram's only getting five threes a game up right now. If you mm-hmm. get that number up to, you know, eight or nine threes a game, I think he could be even more lethal. So, you know, I, I have some more to, I want to let you jump in here. I got some more points on the Pelicans, but to me, I think they've played kind of average recently. I think that's exciting for, potentially getting Zion back in the fold. Obviously, some scary news today with him. Not scary, but, you know, he's working out away from the team. Mm-hmm. He's got to be a little bit concerning there. But I know I know you said you were a little bit lower on them coming into the season. How have you felt about the Pelicans recently? Yeah, me and Scott, uh, when we did the Western Conference, I think, win totals that we were – or, sorry, with uh, Sean and Ryan on the main show, that we were both down on the, uh, on the Pelicans this year, and we took the under on their win totals, right? When the, when the season – before the season started – we got the news about Zion's foot. And I think that we both nailed the handicap on it was that, um, that it was going to be a long-term thing that they said it was going to be a two, two week thing, two weeks turned into four weeks, six weeks. He had a setback. He came back or tried to come back, had another setback. And now it's indefinite. We don't know when he's going to come back. If at all this season, my gut tells me I don't think that he's going to be back this season at all. Yep. Um, and, and really, uh, Zach, I get your opinion on this, is that does it make sense, before I get into Brandon Ingham, does it make sense for Zion to come back this season just where just because of where the Pelicans are right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for him, you know, as a, as a team, I, th- I think you need to get it back on the floor just because there's been so much bad energy around this team recently okay. with this situation, with the whole Anthony Davis situation. I think if you're the Pelicans, you want to get Zion back on the floor, get him playing with this young group because, you know, they low-key have some nice young pieces on this team, yeah. starting with Brandon Ingram, that you want to see Zion start to mesh with, start to play with, try to get that positive energy because you're only getting closer and closer to the questions emerging of Zion being that next young superstar that, you know, you start to see the articles in The Athletic, you know, is he happy, is he not? That, that kind of stuff is coming down the line with Zion. Obviously, as it is for all players, I think that's okay. You can handle that. But And I think Willie Green has done a really good job with this team. So, to me, you know, the obviously it's it seems like the injury is, is slowly recovering. Um, but hopefully he will, will be back at some point. Um, I mean, we're, we're still in the first half of the season here. I, I think that there's still opportunity for him to come back. Um, but obviously – that, that playoff push is long gone. And, and I, th- I think people will say, you know, why are they a surprising positive to me? I think it's that they are kind of starting to play better. And you look at finding a guy like Herb Jones, you know, with Herb Jones on the floor this year, they have a positive net rating, been an above average team, love his defense. Devontae Graham, I mean, Lonzo Ball is someone who got a lot of hype early in this year. And I still think that deal doesn't look great, but Devontae Graham's having a great year. Um, mm-hmm. With, with him on the floor this year, you're looking at a team with a, one, a 111.6 offensive rating. That would be seventh league-wide, one of the highest on-off deferentials, his ability to space the floor. So, you know, between Devontae Graham, Herb Jones, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram, I think you have a nice kind of group to set Zion in as that, as that kind of small ball five who can be your main rim pressure guy. Um, so I, I think to me what's exciting about them is that they kind of have been down in the dumps as a franchise – and I like the way they're playing. I like the mojo. Now it's about, like you said, Zion is that missing piece. Um, does he come back this year or not? I mean, I, I, I think it's way too early to say he's played his last game in a Pelicans uniform. So I'm looking forward to seeing him fitting in with these other guys. Yeah, kind of get into Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think I had messaged you this maybe a couple months ago or, or a month or so ago. I said, is, is Brandon Ingram still going to be around on this team come trade deadline? And you said, yeah, I think that you believe that he is going to be on this team. And I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for this Pelicans team is that what's the direction that they want to go in, right? And we, we heard maybe going back to last season that 
Zion and Brandon Ingram don't mesh well together, or maybe, you know, they haven't identified who the alpha is on this team. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that for Brandon Ingram, look, he's a, a, a great player. I, I love watching this guy play, right? He has, he has the length. He can knock down those mid range jump shots. He can knock down three point shots for you. Also, he, I think he can be a better rebounder. Um, but I feel like another team could really use his services on a championship caliber team or a potential playoff caliber team, a team like the Philadelphia 76ers who kind of desperately need that second, third scorer on this team. And I think Brandon Ingram type of player, I'm not necessarily saying Brandon Ingram, but maybe a Brandon Ingram type of player on that roster will really propel them being into a top two, top three seed in the Eastern conference. Um, But again, like you said, there's a lot of great young talent on this Pelicans roster Kira Lewis, you mentioned Devontae Graham, they picked up in the offseason um, in the trade. Um, and again, kill Alexander Walker, another guy that I've, I've loved watching when healthy. Um, but I feel like they kind of need to figure out what the identity of this Pelicans team is. And we don't know exactly what that's going to be, Zach, until Zion went and if he returns to this roster. So I'm curious to see what Willie Green has. And I think it, he was in a very tough situation coming into yeah. – this season, right? Because you had a roster kind of overhaul with, with new players coming in, young talent. You still had your two core guys, but then you had the two injuries with, or sorry, the injury to Zion. So that already kind of put him back a little bit, but um, yeah, I think that's kind of my take right now for the Pelicans. And like you said, we're, we haven't even, we're about to approach the halfway season. So, you know, the biggest thing right now is, is the whole Zion thing. Is he going to come back or is he not going to come back? That's the question. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, it's tough to build an identity like this when you're, I, I, I think it's pretty clear. Zion, I mean, Zion Williamson, at least from like a, a publicity perspective, he is the alpha on this team when, when he does come back. Um, but, but I do think that you have something here with this two, three, four combo with Josh Hart, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram. Sure. Um, I think you gotta be really excited about that. Zion is one of those weird players. He's kind of a point guard and a center at the same time. So I think he can coalesce around that. Um, and, and you look at a Pelicans team. I mean, they're only two games in the loss column out of the 10 spot for a plan. So, yeah. I mean, if that's the kind of thing you want to chase, they obviously have that option as a franchise. Now, I don't think Brandon Ingram is the kind of guy I would want to be trading, especially with the uncertainty around Zion. You know, maybe if maybe if you believe that that this is truly, you know, going the wrong direction, you want to start over again. I think that would be tough to sell, especially just coming off Anthony Davis. Although, like, they sneaky kind of set themselves up. I mean, with the Anthony Davis trade, they kind of set themselves up. They have a couple really nice young players. Josh Hart has come along. Um, Lonzo, I mean, they let him walk. They chose yeah. to go get Devontae Graham with that. Devontae Graham has been pretty good this year, um, and, and he does a lot to get this offense going. So I think they're an interesting team. I think they're a team that um, I, I wanted to kind of shed a positive light on just because I feel like there is a lot of negative energy surrounding this whole situation, and I feel like on the floor – these guys have really bought in, been playing hard for for uh, Willie Green, and they're a team that I do like to back. Um, had them against the Jazz the other night, nipped that by or lost that by one point um, as well um, with some late free throw magic, as uh, as uh, you know tends to happen with the yeah. with these bigger <laughs> spreads. But um, yeah, the, the Pelicans are a team that I, that I've been enjoying and uh, kind of a pleasant surprise. Um, I, I also want to throw out. Um, for the West, and then we'll see who your surprise is. I want to throw out the Suns. I mean, I honestly didn't think they were this real. Like, yeah. they're just a machine. And, and they kind of came on in the playoffs um, 
and surprised me. I know you were higher than than I was. Uh, you had that big that big series price hit against the Lakers, which is fun to debate. But yeah. they're just like really really solid, and they have staying power. Um, the Warriors as well, obviously. You were you were right about them. I was wrong about them. Um, and and then obviously Memphis, just with it's kind of just shocking how how they're this good. So. A lot, of, a lot of fun teams in the West. I mean, there isn't really a team in the West. I, I had a harder time with the disappointment. I think everyone's kind of played pretty well other than this recent, uh, you know, rocket stretch and maybe Dallas, we could say. But jump in yeah. here. Yeah, I think you're, you're the, the two teams that – obviously, I was really high on the Warriors coming in, and now they're getting Klay Thompson coming back, um, which might be a little bit tricky, right? Uh, trying to yeah. figure out um, – where his kind of legs are going to be once he gets up to game speed, how long it's going to take, what the minute, minute restrictions are going to be for Clay Thompson. Um, but yeah, Warriors, I think that, you know, whatever time it takes for Clay to get his legs back under him, if he's able to stay healthy, I think that they're the team to beat in the Western Conference. Uh, and then for the Phoenix Suns, I said that I still feel like they needed to add another piece uh, going into this season. Um, I don't really think they did that. I, I like the uh, addition of JaVale McGee to kind of give him some depth at that uh, center position, what they also needed coming off the bench. And you also had the emergence of Jalen Smith over the last couple of weeks here with uh, DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee had been out in health and safety protocols. But I still feel like they need one more player, kind of a, a I guess, a ball handler slash playmaker. Um, mm-hmm. So, and again, I, I still think that they're going to be a tough out in the Western Conference. So, um, yeah, thoughts on the Suns, uh, Zach? What do you think? No, I mean, I, look, I, I think obviously they're really good and, and they're solid. Um, but to, the, what's surprising about that to me is I, I, I kind of thought they were just in the mix in the West. And to me, they kind of came in with this kind of alpha chip on their shoulder being like, fuck no, like you think we were a fluke in the finals last year? Like, no, we're this good. Yeah. Um, you know, we're that good. And and it's been really impressive. Um, I, yeah, I think that they, they definitely, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with between Utah, Phoenix and Golden State, like who's going to go make that big move um, to, to add another piece um, to their team. For the Warriors, I mean, I, there's so much I want to discuss with you. Obviously, always so fun talking basketball with you just to say that. But, I mean, for the Warriors – to me, it's surprising that there's not more noise about potentially moving a Jonathan Kaminga, a Moses Moody, a James Wiseman um, to go get. And I, I'm going to say it. I'm still a Ben Simmons believer. You know, oh, do you go get, <laughs> yeah, bro? <laughs> do you go get Ben Simmons or do you at least go get another, you know, top tier starter? You have three premium young players. Now, Wiseman hasn't been as good as maybe he was supposed to be, but he still carries a ton of pedigree in this league. I, I feel like they have what it takes to go get another piece. Now they're as good as they are right now. And they're trying to work somebody back in. Like you said, it's going to be tough to work clay back in. Imagine trying to work in another, you know, star or high tier starter into this team. Um, You don't really, the salaries don't really work out that great because Andrew Wiggins will be one of the pieces you want to move and they can't move him with how well he's playing right now. Um, You know, would you, would you be in favor of moving one of the, moving off one of those guys to bring another piece or you just let it ride and try to kind of bridge these eras of the old and new warriors? I think like, uh, like the brand is for SGPN, you let it ride, man. Um, <laughs> you know what the scary part is about this Zach is that they're still like, we talked about, they're missing clay Thompson. They're still the number one team in the Western conference tied with the Phoenix suns, 29 and eight. Right. I mean, they they lost the game tonight against Dallas, but I mean, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. It's kind of what my mentality is. And you're right. Yeah, they do have the pieces. I think we had discussed this uh, in the offseason yeah. when we were doing previews is that, hey, they do have the pieces to go out 
and make a trade for another, you know, like you said, a Ben Simmons or a Bradley Beal type of player. Um, but I, I think the way that they've responded this season, the way they're looking, I, I, I think you kind of just have to let it ride. And, and, you know, you even if they don't make it to the finals this year, you're still set up pretty well going into the offseason. Hopefully, Clay Thompson stays healthy. They have the Splash Brothers back. You have Draymond Green, who's the I think is still so underrated for this Warriors so team, what he's able to do. He's so good on both ends. Um, you have Gary Payton. You have uh, Jordan Poole on this roster. And then you talked about the young guys, right, with Kaminga, with Moses Moody. You have the pieces, James Wiseman, that if they wanted to, hey, they have a good problem that if they want to go out and get another piece, they can. But at least for me right now, just because of the way they've been so good and having to work in Clay Thompson once he comes back on Sunday, that's going to be the hard part is it's getting back. Let's see what the Splash Brothers look like at this point. Yeah. And then let's see what happens. Right. And I, I think at least for this season, Zach, I think you kind of have to let it ride with the Warriors, man. Yeah. No, I, I think they probably will do that, especially because like you said, I mean, I, I think you're, they're probably going to need to give it like two, three weeks to figure out what this team looks like with Clay yeah. anyways. Yeah. And um, and also, you know, low key letting Jordan Poole kind of find his way in that bench role, because I still think he's going to be a big piece on this team. Yeah. We don't know what Clay is going to look like. Right. I mean, I don't think you could pencil in Clay into this clo- in the closing line of a playoff team right yeah. now coming off these injuries. I haven't seen him in two years. Um, I would highly recommend any of the, any of our listeners. Um Thinking Basketball is a great YouTube channel. Ben Taylor did a great breakdown of uh, the Suns, how they matched up with the Warriors defensively, and then how the Warriors countered. Those two matchups, uh, the the one earlier in the season and the one on Christmas Day, just so fun to watch, high-level stuff. And getting a playoff series with, with the Suns and the Warriors at full strength will be phenomenal. I think that matchup, I think that's a great matchup. I do think that the Warriors match up really well with the Jazz. Um, yeah. You know, we saw them go into Utah the other night and win. So that that's kind of the fascinating aspect of, of how this seeding is going to work out because they're kind of neck and neck, Jazz humming along. And, um, you know, those three teams have really set themselves apart in the West. So just looking forward to seeing if, if those two teams, if those any of those three teams get to match up in the playoffs. But I think they've all been really pleasant surprises. I mean, the West has been, you kind of have this group at the top, but um, a, a lot of teams that are playing, you know, close to, or at least around the level that we expected. Yeah. And I think that that game that you just mentioned with the, uh, with the uh, Golden State Awards going into Utah, I believe that was even without Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. Without Draymond. Uh, that That's crazy. So yeah, I think the Warriors and the Suns are set up very nicely in the Western conference. Uh, Zach, biggest disappointment. You see anything in the Western conference before we move to the East? Um, you know, I, I, I wrote down Portland here, uh, you know, obviously I, they've had so many absences and, um, serious ones that I, you know, I hope CJ recovers from this, uh, long, that's obviously really scary game. You know, he had, uh, it's ab issue. That's kind of ongoing, going to miss a few more games here, you know, for those that listened last year, I'm a big uh, injury report guy. I think it's a really key part of the betting of the NBA. So, it is. you know, Dame going to miss a few more here, three and seven, in their last 10, you know, I, their team feels a little bit stale. Um, they've just kind of, you know, been around the block and Larry Nance was an addition that I think we were both really high on, if I recall yeah. correctly, and yes. he hasn't made too much of an impact. Um, you know, he hasn't really shaken up their team, right? Like, I think we, we thought, okay, they're going to do fun stuff going small, take Nurkic off the floor, Larry Nance, small ball five. Haven't really seen too much that they've kind of been the same team they've been sitting at 14 and 22. And what's it's it's so jammed up now around that 10 seed. And you know, I think Minnesota could be liable to fall off. So still think they're a team that's gonna factor into the play in maybe the back end of the of the, of the playoff. Um, but to me, they've been disappointing. Uh, a lot of that's been health. 
Um, yep. I, I think Dallas, you could kind of uh, put in there. I think yeah. They're kind of finding their legs. I still think they're so dangerous. Like Dallas, the team to me, I'm not that worried about them in the regular season because they're so bona fide proven in the playoffs, their formula with Luka just going crazy on the ball um, and, yeah. and shooters around him. You have Jalen Brunson coming along. That's really intriguing. Uh, I think Reggie Bullock would be a nice piece for him in the playoffs too. So yeah. they, you know, their record 19 and 18 is not great. Um, but I, I still think they're proven in, and with the fact that no one's really set themselves apart other than Memphis, um, you know, that five seed still right there, obviously Denver kind of hanging on, hanging on with how good Jokic has been, but you know, you, you know, me, I, I love all teams, you know, I never, never going to get down in any of them. Um, you know, always <laughs> the optimist, but, uh, yeah. how about you? Yeah, I think for me, it uh, I, and I was one of the guys I was very high on Portland coming into the season just because, you know, the moves that they did make about bringing in Larry Nance and a couple other pieces. But, yeah, I think the injuries has been the, been the biggest issue for the Portland Trailblazers. So again, another team with a new head coach uh, and yeah. Chauncey Billups, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, the offensive system that he wants to put into this team. It's always difficult when you have a new head coach that comes into a team, right? And, and because it's a, a pretty much a, a culture change and and – you know, the whole situation with Damian Lillard in the offseason about the trade rumors, but how he just come out and said that, hey, I'm committed to being in Portland. Now we're hearing of the rumors that, hey, if you're not going to go out and get another player, player, well, then go and just pay me about another $50 million uh, to stay here and play for Portland. So um, last question before we move to the East for Portland, do you think uh, there is a major move coming for this team at the trade deadline or if there is one out there? I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think it's tough. Um it's, it's been kind of quiet on the Dame front recently. I mean, he's been hurt. wasn't playing that well. I think he is starting to play a little bit better recently. And, you know, if they do end up in a playoff chase scenario, I have full faith that he'll, be, he'll elevate his game to the level we know him to be. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the move that's really out there right now is that's the, the thing. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it does seem kind of all quiet on the trade front. I think Golden State's a team that can get involved and shake things up. But, like, Right now, if you had a if you had a look at this deadline, it looks like it's going to be kind of Jeremy Grant and, and not much else getting moved. Um, if Portland were to start kind of blowing it up, I mean, is there really a team out there that you could see that has the pieces to go get a Dame Lillard um, and, and 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 can credibly look themselves in the mirror and say we're Dame away from competing for a title this year? I mean, I think there are a handful of really really good teams this year that, that um, you know. I don't think Dame necessarily going to anybody um, would be the difference unless you're saying, you know, he can go to Philly for a Ben Simmons and not kind of shake up that whole team. Um, you know, that might be a little preview of my Eastern Conference surprise. But, you know, I, I think the most likely thing we're headed for is another Dame offseason uh, talk rather than a deadline type move. Yeah, I agree, man. It's just I think every time we say that it's going to be a quiet uh, trade deadline in the NBA, something does always happen, uh, whether it's a move of a superstar or significant player. But yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Last question before we move to the East. Uh, I wanted to briefly, briefly touch on the Clippers and just ask, is this a team that's going to be in that play-in tournament as a 9 and 10 seed, or do you think they're completely going to fall out uh, um, what, depending on when uh, and if Kawhi comes back this season? Because Paul George is going to be out another two, three weeks for the Clippers. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers are a fascinating team right now because I do think they're they're a dangerous playoff team if they get in there. Um but yeah, this Paul George injury, I mean, 
people are saying he'll be back in, in he'll be back in two to three weeks. That 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 press release said he'll be reevaluated in three to four weeks at the yeah. time of the injury, that elbow. So that I think is very de- definitely something to monitor, especially if he does fall off. It's like, are we gonna rush PG back in a season where Kawhi might not even come back? Um, you know, they they're kind of hanging on, got a couple really impressive wins at 19 and 19 right now. Yeah. I do think Ty Lu's a phenomenal coach, will get the most out of this team, but to me, I really think it's that top three in the West, and then uh, you know LeBron James potentially going on a a, a I'm the greatest player in the world type run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that's kind of how I'm seeing the West right now. The, the Clippers are a team that, while I do love them at, at full strength, and I, I love Paul George, love Kawhi, it doesn't really feel like they don't really feel like a Denver right now, where it's like okay, Jamal Murray is coming back, let's go, hang on until then. The Clippers are a team that seem that they're kind of tread water with no really with no savior in sight you know yeah yeah definitely be interesting to see uh both la teams are kind of in turmoil right now but we'll save the lakers for a uh different uh podcast zach because I, I think that'll be that will probably turn into an hour-long conversation <laughs> about the lakers zach let's take a quick break here bud we'll come back and we'll get into the eastern conference uh surprises and disappointments Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5, win 400 and free bets. Also, win a VIP trip to Shaq's Fun House in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Fun House, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Scott from Virginia purchased a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ticket at odds of 6-1 when sportsbooks are only offering plus 450. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, Zach, let's move over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, biggest, uh, let's start with the biggest surprise for you so far uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I-, I wanted to go off the map here again a little bit, and this is a team that 
to me, like if you asked, if you asked an average NBA fan, like what has been the story of this team so far this year? I, I don't know if you'd even get any type of answer. They've been shockingly irrelevant. Uh, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Um, I think, you know, they've had, it's similar to the Pelicans, right? I mean, they're yeah. missing a big, they're missing a big piece, kind of have an off the field type situation hovering over their, their franchise, but the Sixers are quietly sitting at fifth in the East um, only, you know, a game back of Miami in the loss column, only two games back of Milwaukee for that three seed. Um, and then they're not really being discussed at all. I mean, quietly right in the mix once again, uh, similar to the past handful of years. I think, you know, Ben Simmons at this point, you know, does he come back? As long as you bring back Ben or the equivalent of his trade value into this team, I would put them right back, you know, in this kind of middle tier with the heat and the bulls, you know, sitting behind the nets and the bucks. I mean, you know, if you do get Ben back or, or the equivalent of his trade value, um, Tobias Harris hasn't even played well yet this year. Um, but you look at, at Joel Embiid, he's missed 11 games, but I, I think he's finally coming back around and yeah. he's right back in that conversation of like at full strength, do you want Embiid or Jokic? And that's coming from someone who absolutely loves Nicole Jokic. I think Joel Embiid is super underrated right now. I mean, averaging average 29 and 11 in the month of December back to being the complete game record. He, he, what he, he can be defensively when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just kind of impressed with this team because I think they're kind of a punching bag at this point with the whole situation with, you know, do they trade Ben or not, but they're hanging around, you know, hanging tough. Um, they have the six easiest schedule remaining uh, mm-hmm. and they've already played six more road games than home so far with three games against the magic and two against the Pistons still to come. So I still think this team can continue to play their best basketball of the year ahead of them. Um, you know, Maxi Curry, Danny green, George Niang's guy in the best year of his career. I mean, I like this team. Um, and if they can do something with the Ben Simmons situation, I, I think there's still a chance he could come back um, or or at least spin him into some more pieces. This is a team that, you know, they haven't succeeded in the playoffs yet, but they've been in the mix every year. Like we've, we've talked about Philly every year of the Joel Embiid in his prime era as a team in the mix with, you know, your Boston, Toronto, your Milwaukee, and now Brooklyn getting in there as well. But, you know, I think we've kind of wanted to drop them back into this tier with like Washington, Charlotte, et cetera. No, I think they're right there with Miami, with Chicago kind of nipping at the heels of, of Milwaukee and Brooklyn. So I've been impressed. Just another team with a lot going on around them, but mm-hmm. quietly starting to come on and now overtaking the Cavs. And they're right there in the middle of this thing. Yeah, I think for the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, you know, I was more down on them coming into the year because of the whole Ben Simmons situation. And, no, it's also been quiet on that front about what's going on with yeah, Ben Simmons. Very, very um, but I think for Ben Simmons, he's, I think he's going to have to play to get his stock up because right now the stock is at an all-time low. And knowing Daryl Morey, he's going to ask for the whole nine yards for Ben Simmons, and he's just not going to get that from another team. Um, you know, we heard the rumors early in the season that he wanted a Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. That wasn't going to happen. I don't think Portland is going to make that trade. Um so, yeah, all the things that you just mentioned that they have, you know, one of the easier schedules left in the NBA. Uh, you know, they've played more road games this season than they have uh, home games. And surprisingly, last year, it was the complete opposite where the um, Philadelphia 76ers were an absolutely fantastic home team and uh, an absolute abysmal road team. This year, it's been the complete opposite for this team. And maybe it's because they haven't played that many home games yet. Um, but... 
Yeah, for the Sixers, again, Joel Embiid just kind of flying under the radar. He, he's really carrying this team. For them to be at, what, 21-16, five games above 500. And he and, and he's missed 11 games, too. Yeah, and that's the crazy yeah. part, right? And that they've been able to, you know, hold the fort down when the, in all the games that he's missed. And that's been another team, like almost like every other team that's had COVID issues. Um, and they've just found a way to, you know, kind of hold the fort down and, you know, leapfrog um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, like you mentioned, for that fifth seed. So they're going to hang around in that, you know, that four, five, six slot. I think they can maybe get up to three, but right now in the Eastern conference, the class is going to be the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. So until we figure out what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, I think that without him in the playoffs, I don't think they'll have much success, Zach. No, I, you know, I think that that's true, but you know, you look at this trade deadline. I mean, that is that's kind of a deadline on Darren Moore, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Joel, Joel Embiid is a guy who every time he falls, like the the entire NBA universe gasps, right? He, <laughs> he, you know, he he is such a phenomenally talented player and so so skilled, but he's had his injury problems in his past, and I, I don't think you can credibly waste a year of his prime by letting this, you know, the letting that value kind of sit, sit around. Yeah. Um, so whether it's Ben coming back himself or whether it's spinning him into another high end starter, um, you know, I think that, that, that this team, look, I, I still would have, obviously I, I would take Brooklyn or Milwaukee over them in a playoff series. I would most likely take Miami and Chicago over them in a playoff series as well. Yeah. Um, those teams are at full strength, but I have been impressed with them. Um, and I've been, I've been impressed with Joel Embiid. I mean, I think he's someone who, you know, he he quietly has kind of been doing what Jokic has been doing, you know, and everyone yeah. talks about Jokic carrying that team. Jokic has been, I think, the better player as well as having a worse supporting cast. But, you know, Joel Embiid is a guy who, you know, they got another, another win tonight um, and and ton of solid role guys in this team that are kind of just doing their job. And Doc Rivers continues to be a, a good coach. So, yeah, I I, uh, I I like the way this team has been playing and, um, just been a been a kind of a positive surprise. I mean, they 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 an, another team with with potential negative issues surrounding them that has played well on the court. Hundred percent agree. And then again, when you're missing one of your two best players, you it's tough. expect a yeah significant fall off. But they're right there in that Eastern Conference, just five games out of um, that first place uh, slot right now, held by the Chicago Bulls uh, in that Eastern Conference. Uh, any other teams that kind of surprised you or disappointed you right now in the Eastern Conference Act that you wanted to also touch on? Um, yeah, I mean, I, there were a couple other teams I wanted to shout out. Um, the the Cavs, obviously. Um, yeah. And then I did want to give a shout out to Charlotte. Um, you know, the, the record hasn't been amazing, you know, sitting at 20 and 19. But, like, to me, like, it wasn't supposed to be this easy with, with LaMelo Ball. Like, it wasn't supposed to be – like he's in the middle of year two and they're third in the league in the offense. And they're just like already an offensive machine. Yeah. Like it's kind of just like low key that he came in uh, that, you know, a, a, a number of other pieces playing well, but like they kind of have it figured out on offense, like to at an elite level yeah. um, really, really early in his career. Uh, he's on the second year of a rookie deal. So they have kind of flexibility around him, but it's just kind of impressive, you know, with James Borrego, LaMelo ball and the rest of those pieces that they, just kind of clicked on offense. Now they're third last in defense and they're going to have to figure yeah. that out at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just kind of impressive that just like right away, you know, they snap their fingers and they are, they are a good offensive team. And then I did want to shout out the Raptors as well. Um, another team that's kind of middling, um, but I, I like the way they're playing recently. Uh, yeah. I think they, ha- they have kind of a number of these interesting players, you know, very, 
have a heavily defensive long arms, uh, you know, the, the Scotty Barr and Siakam on an trio is intriguing. Um, and then, you know, in terms of another player to watch, I mean, Fred Van Vliet, how good has he been this year yeah. under the radar? Just phenomenal as a potential all-star guard in the East. But I did, I did, you know, wanted to say the, the Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Siakam, Barnes lineup. So, you know, no true center, but all of their kind of best players that has a plus six net rating this year. Um, you know, that's that, that kind of lineup is really interesting. I feel like, I feel like they've been going to it a little bit more um, and, and they just have a lot of talent on this team. So they're another team similar to uh, who are we discussing with this? Charlotte uh, and Philly. Yeah. Charlotte and Philly. And, and, and as well as the Pelicans. I mean, they're a team to me that's like, okay, kind of been lingering since the Kawhi mercenary trip to the finals, getting rid of Lowry to the heat. Um, which direction are they going? Are they, are they pushing for a title or are they kind of pushing for a reset? Scotty Barnes hitting so quickly is obviously really huge for their franchise and just exciting. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're a team that I like the way they've been playing. Yeah, they've really turned it around here in the uh, past couple of games. And this was another team that they were dealing with the whole COVID situation. Um, and and they're they're playing well, right? They, they, they're about to get the victory over the Milwaukee Bucks here tonight, obviously without Giannis. But uh, Fred Van Vliet's just been on another level, especially shooting the three ball. And I'm excited for this team. If they're able to stay healthy going forward, that – you know, they're now going to be a game above 500. Um, they're, they're obviously, like I said, the team is healthy, so it's going to be fun to watch because they have just so many scorers on this team uh, between Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes, Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. All these guys can shoot the three ball and also get to the paint at will and finish around the basket. So, yeah, Toronto is definitely a team that you would buy one, you would want to buy stock on right now. Um, for Cleveland, man, this was a fun, fun team Um to start the year, but they have just been bit by the injury bug, especially in that backcourt. They lost Colin Sexton early on. They were able to, you know, ride the wave there without him. And now they lose Ricky Rubio uh, to a torn ACL. Darius Garland, I think this is his time to shine for the um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, yeah, this is going to be a fun team in that front court of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, in years and years to come for them. So, man, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers – uh, what have you thought about the play of Evan Mobley so far this year, uh, Zach? Yeah, Evan Mobley is awesome. I mean, just so versatile and long. And I, I love his demeanor and his poise on the court. Uh, you know, I think that I've seen a lot of people make the Tim Duncan comparison, but it's kind of hard not to unsee it. Yeah. Um, just he's so calm, but he's so just like smooth. And, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people want to kind of rush to – and there was a good article on ESPN by Brian Windhorst kind of doing an expose in, in the Cavs and how they built this team with the the size they have, this kind of unorthodox stage NBA. I think there's a lot of people kind of rushing to say, okay, Evan Mobley's going to be a small ball five that's going to close games at center, so yeah. why are you even getting Jared Allen? But I think that combination has really worked, and I think it's taken some pressure off of Evan Mobley to be that sole kind of rim protector, and it's allowed him to kind of – be a lot more versatile and, and flourish thus far. So um, I, I like the combo of Allen and Mobley. Um, is that going to be the combo for the next great Cavaliers team? And that's interesting to see. Um, kind of snake bitten recently with the Ricky Rubio injury, um, you know, on top of the Sexton injury. And I obviously feel for Colin Sexton in a contract year. That's really tough. Yeah. Um, but I like this team. I mean, I think between Garland and Mobley, that that's really something to build on. You could probably throw Allen in that group with how well he's playing right now. Um, but I love Evan Mobley, and he was definitely on my young players to watch list as well. Yeah, 100%, man. This is I think the, things are definitely looking uh, in the right direction for the future of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. 
just just really unfortunate that they got bit by the injury bug, especially in the backcourt. Um, but yeah, they've been a fun team to watch early in the season. Any other teams uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, you wanted to mention, Zach? Um, no, I mean, I, I've been, in, this is going to sound dumb, but I've been impressed with the Nets. Um, I, I love, I love the Nets for some reason. I mean, I'm a Nick fan and I love the Nets. Yeah. Um, I think they've kind of, they're kind of a team to me. That's just like humming along. I, I did want to ask you, I think this question has come up, um, a lot recently. I mean, what do you think of this whole Kyrie situation with him? You, you know, is that going to work out? Do they potentially try to fall down the standings a little bit to get more road games in the playoffs? I mean, I think obviously he looks like he played pretty well tonight, but yeah. how are you feeling about the Nets right now? Yeah, this was an inter- interesting uh, predicament. I guess you can say with Kyrie Irving that they said, hey, or the organization early on said that, hey, everybody needs to be vaccinated. Um, and then the city of uh, or the state of New York, you know, for, I guess, for indoor events that said you have to be vaccinated, but um, you know, I think the, tri- the timing was interesting uh, when they decided to bring him back. Um, I don't know. I-, I think time will tell for this. Um, I think eventually, I think eventually Kyrie will make the decision of making the right, not, I don't want to say making the right choice, but making the choice of getting vaccinated um, and just being there for his teammates and around this team, because Bringing him on a part-time basis, playing in road games, it's all good and fun. I mean, they got the victory tonight after an atrocious first half, but uh, he looked good. You know, Kyrie picked up – it seems like he's picked up right where he left off. Um, I think for the Brooklyn Nets, they had the best signing of the offseason, and that was Patty Mills. And, um, you know, we talked about this in the offseason, Zach, that Patty Mills, a veteran guard, a guy that can, you know, take on that point guard position. He can shoot the three ball for this team. Um, if they're able to figure things out defensively, because it just seems like right now with Kyrie back, we're going to go back to seeing this team um, being an auto bet on the over, at least in the road games with Kyrie there. They're just going to score a whole bunch of points like they did tonight and give up a lot too, right? They want tonight 129-121, but I think they're in a good spot right now, right? Kevin Durant looks good. He's playing at an MVP level. Uh, arguably could be the MVP right there with Steph Curry. Uh, James Harden, when he came back on Christmas Day over those last couple of games, looked like the James Harden we saw in Houston, we're dropping triple doubles, pulling up the stat sheet. So things are looking good for Brooklyn, right? LaMarcus Aldridge also back for this team tonight. So uh, if they're able to stay healthy, right, this is the biggest question for them that last season in their playoff run, um, they lost James Harden. They lost Kyrie Irving. So was, everything fell on the shoulders of Kevin Durant. So I think that if they had one of those two guys healthy I uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, they would have won and got to the, I think, the NBA Finals for sure. But that's kind of in hindsight now. But yeah, I think Brooklyn is in a good spot. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, what the ultimate decision is made by Kyrie Irving about the vaccination. Um, but for right now, on a part-time basis, uh, I, I think it works. Um, time will tell. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of – I guess they didn't have Bruce Brown tonight, or I don't know why they did, he didn't play tonight. Um, neither did Cam Thomas. But it's just kind of interesting, like, KD still played 41 minutes and Harden still played 40 minutes tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Um, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, they did have to come back um, and they did end up winning the second half by, by 21 points. So I guess that does kind of explain it, but um, it'll be the East can be really interesting. I mean, I think you're kind of seeing a situation develop in both conferences where you have, I think these five elite teams to me mm-hmm. in, in the Nets, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. Um I'm not ready to give that kind of respect to the Bulls yet. Uh, we don't really know what they look like as a playoff team, and they, they've been very impressive. Um, you know, eight-game winning streak, obviously, I think you were high on them coming into the season, so that's another nice call by you. Yeah. Um, 
But we will kind of see what they look like fully formed in the playoffs. I mean, I still think, like, does Vooch, is Vooch, how is Vooch going to look, you know, in the playoffs against, you know, a potential Giannis at center lineup or these three Nets guys? Um, that's going to be really interesting to see kind of what they end up looking like in the playoffs. Um, but they're another team. I mean, they do have Patrick Williams out there as a potential tradable asset. So yeah. that could be an interesting uh, name to watch at the deadline. You know, he's potentially out for the year now. Yeah. Um, so I, I will look to see what happens there. But I, I still think, you know, it's to me, it's Nets or Bucks. I would give a slight lean to the Nets. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Bucks are another team that's just trucking along. And it, it's just so exciting to think about these playoff matchups. I mean, how high level they might be if, if we get full health. Yeah, I think the uh, to touch on the Bulls real quick and to wrap it up, um, I feel like there's still another big man away, right? Like you said, uh, I think they need a backup center on this team. Tony Bradley has been a nice piece for them, but uh, when it comes to playoffs time, like you said, they're going to need a guy that's going to be able to stay in front of a guy like Giannis or, or try to contain him because I don't think Vucevic at 6'10 is going to be able to do that, especially the way he plays defense. So um, you do have Derek Jones Jr. there. I'm not sure if that's a good matchup for them or not, but you know Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, I mean – they're just playing at an all-star level, especially DeMar DeRozan, right? I mean, we saw what he did the last week in those two uh, three-point shot buzzer beaters in back-to-back nights. So, um, yeah, the 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 Bulls are looking good. It's just going to be interesting to see, like you said, what's going to happen in the playoffs with this team. With a lot of guys making their first playoff appearance um, for this roster. Um, anything else you wanted to mention for the Eastern Conference? Any under-the-radar player, or, sorry, players that would need to be uh, keep an eye on. I, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't uh, mentioned your team yet. What team? The Knicks? The the Pistons. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, 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 I have a couple of Pistons on my young players to watch list. Um, you know, I think with the Pistons and the Magic, they both kind of shown some promising signs yeah. here and there, but also doing the right thing and really setting themselves up for those top two lottery odds. With you know, like we mentioned earlier, OKC and Houston. You know kind of playing well at times. OKC, they're like sneaky, what are five and five in their last 10 games? They're competitive, especially when healthy. Um, so for Detroit and Orlando, I mean, I think K is starting to come on. Sadiq Bay looking like a real keeper there. Yeah. Um, so you got to be excited about that and then potentially bring in, you know, whether it's uh, Jabari Smith or the names that are being thrown out for the first pick, that'd be really exciting. And then Orlando is a team that has so many young pieces. I mean, I think they're kind of a team that might be ripe for a consolidation trade at some point. I mean, with Suggs has been out, uh, obviously, but you have, you know, now Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton, and not to mention Markel Fultz, uh, Jonathan Isaac coming back into the fold. And then at the on the wings, you still have Franz Wagner and, and Chuma Okiki. Um, so some intriguing young teams there. But um, for the Pistons, I mean, no, they, they I, I kind of thought, I think I, I might have picked them to be a little bit higher than they are now, um, but 7 and 29. And has not been pretty obviously getting absolutely thrashed by the Hornets tonight. Yeah. And I think this Orlando team, I mean, um, we talked about it with, especially with Terrell that he said that at some point they're going to be competitive and they're going to be in ball games, right? They're going to start covering some games here, maybe not winning, but they're going to be competitive. I think over the last week, they've really done that um, against their opponents. I think that Boston game where they kind of let it slip away in overtime tonight. I mean, I know they didn't cover the spread, but um, you know, they have some nice pieces between Franz Wagner and, and Cole Anthony, Gary Harris. I, I know you mentioned, uh, I saw you tweet about him, about his three-point shooting, how well he's doing, RJ Hampton, yep. another piece. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, will be interesting to see how, you know, some of these teams kind of transpire as as the season approaches the halfway point. 
um, uh, for this NBA season. So anything else before we move into the Thursday night games you want to mention? Yeah, I, I do. I want to, I want to pop off a list of just guys to watch here. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I, I put together, stop me if you want to discuss any of them, you know, I, I think we can, we can move through them, but okay. they want to shout out. They want to shout out Franz Wagner, you yeah. know, the on ball on ball power he's shown recently, especially with all the absence around him and really surprising. Mm-hmm. I don't think most people saw this coming from him and you know, they're a fun team to watch right now. The pick and roll chemistry he's building with Wendell Carter jr. Really fun to watch. Faku Campazzo is a guy who there's been a ton of injuries for the Nuggets. And he's a guy who I think kind of he had some bright moments here and there, kind of got in the went viral for some defensive moments. But I think he's kind of settling into the NBA after coming over from the international game. Much more aggressive this year. Finally tweet about this as well. You know, finally starting to shoot the ball. You know, he'll pull up from three, really actually using that jumper. I think he's kind of finally comfortable in the NBA game. Now they lost PJ Dozier for the year. So I think. You know, with Faku and Monte Morris, they have a slight bit of depth there, you know, kind of just hanging on for Jamal Murray to come back. Yeah. Speaking of the Sixers, they want to shout out George Niang. 40% from three this year, just super efficient, super solid, can guard multiple positions. And, you know, coming off the Jazz last year where he, you know, had phenomenal numbers uh, on that second unit, that was great. He's continued that in Philly and been a nice piece for them. Speaking of the Pistons, I I had Hamadou Diallo on here. Um, He's been good. He's been killing recently, especially yeah. for you DFS guys. I mean, in 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 his 11 starts this year, he's averaging 16 points on 53% shooting. I mean, he's not like one of these crazy inefficient guys. I think he has a couple 30-point games recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a guy who's kind of busting out in Detroit right now. Fred Van Vliet's a guy I wanted to shout out, um, which is how well he's been playing. Yep. And then Pat Connaughton. Um, I think, you know, we look at the P.J. Tucker loss for the Bucs as like, I, I saw that as really crucial. I thought P.J. Tucker was phenomenal last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat Connaughton's a guy, I mean, has he ever missed a big three? Like, he, he <laughs> any time you watch the Bucs and they're like, they need a bucket, the ball swings around to Pat Connaughton, he bangs it. I think he's putting up serious career numbers this year offensively. Um, and he's a guy that fits in really nice in between their stars. And then uh, Jaden McDaniels. Someone finally starting to show a little bit of offense in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Giddy, someone I've been loving. And then uh, the all the Warriors role players. I mean, they're just so fun to watch when they're humming the way the ball moves for them. So those are a few names that I've, I've been tracking that one to, you know, just just fire off here. And then we'll have we'll obviously be discussing plenty more yeah. as the year goes along. But it's it's been a it's been a really fun season so far. I mean, we got some uh, surprise and disappointments there, but I think it's been a really good regular season and also really promising for the type of matches we can get in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're the guy that I kind of go to to find these under the radar players and keep an eye <laughs> on it. And it really also helps during player props. And I think Josh Giddy is another guy that, yeah, he was a high draft pick, but he got a monster triple double. I think the first of his career, possibly the other night uh, with, I think uh, with, without Shay in the lineup, but um, yeah, I think that, you know, Josh Giddy is going to continue to develop for the uh, Oklahoma city thunder. He's going to be a very, very, uh, corner piece along with the Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, for that OKC uh, Thunder team, especially with all the draft assets that they do have uh, on this uh, on this team. Um, Zach, let's take one final break, and then we're going to get into the uh, Thursday night schedule in the NBA. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools 
and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise m money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 US states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, a short uh, slate tomorrow in the NBA, four games in the schedule, uh, but we're going to break it down as usual for you guys. Let's start off uh, with the first game. Uh, it will be the Boston Celtics headed to the Big Apple to take on the Knicks, currently seeing a line, an early line of the Knicks favored by two points here. Uh, total of two ten and a half. Let me check the injury report uh, for these teams. For the uh, New York Knicks, I'm currently seeing. Um, let's see, Kemba Walker is going to be out tomorrow for this game uh, for the New York Knicks. Nerlens Noel yep. is questionable as he returns from health and safety protocols. Um, those are the significant pieces, and we know about the Derrick Rose injury uh, with the surgery that he had on his ankle. For the Boston Celtics, they did play tonight. Uh, against the San Antonio Spurs, uh, Zach, they lost that game by two points. Um, Jason Tatum did return after being in the health and safety protocols for uh, the Boston Celtics, and he struggled coming out of it. He was just 6 of 20 tonight, 19 points in 38 minutes. Jalen Brown led this team in scoring um, against Spurs tonight, 30 points and uh, six rebounds on 12 of 25 shooting. But uh, for this game, uh, Zach, what do you think? A two-point favorite for the Knicks. Yeah, so, you know, I think it looks like his lines already moved a little bit. I definitely like the Knicks here. Um, you, you mentioned Jason Tatum coming off health and safety protocols. Almost wonder if he's going to play tomorrow night uh, yeah. on his back-to-back -back here, you know, 38 minutes tonight, uh, 20 field goal attempts. Um, that'll be interesting to see kind of how this how, the, how that looks for tomorrow. But to me, I mean, I look at these teams as, as, as very even, um, maybe even a slight shade to the Knicks. I mean, the, the, both, both teams have been up and down at times, but, um, you know, sitting there, identical record. Um you know, right there in the, in that playing spot, and and the Knicks coming, been at home, uh, got a nice win against the Pacers coming back here. Definitely would like to take a look at this under. Uh, are you seeing a number on on the total? Uh, two ten and a half. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see this game, you know, touching 100 on each team, but I, I would like that under. I think the Knicks kind of win and a grind it out here. So we'll take them on the short spread here as a home favorite. Uh, Julius Randle did play well in his first game coming off the protocol. They get the extra night rest um, coming off a long road trip that ended with uh, bad losses against the Thunder and Raptors. Now you get home, beat the Pacers, and an, another familiar foe here. So I'll take the, the Knicks in this divisional matchup. Yeah, this is a uh, set of a uh, two-game uh, home and away uh, set between these two teams. So, like we mentioned, the Knicks, uh, sorry, Boston traveling to New York tomorrow, and then uh, New York will make the trip to Boston. I believe that will be on Saturday. So, yeah, I think being on a back-to-back situation here, um, I do like New York at home having the rest advantage here. Um, uh, Zach, um, you know, like you mentioned, Julius Randle playing well. Uh, I'm looking for some of these other guys to step up between if it's R.J. Baird or Evan Fournier for this team. R.J. Baird has been pretty good as of late for this New York Knicks team. Um, kind of just looking at the uh, back-to-back situation numbers for the Boston Celtics. They are 4-2-1 and one against the spread. Um, but again, we don't know if Jason Tatum will play tomorrow just because he did play tonight coming off of health and safety protocols. They are 5-2 and two to the over in back-to-back situations, but... You know, this Boston team, I think, is another team that we didn't mention we were talking about, uh, Zach, that, you know, do we see Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum getting traded? I mean, I don't know if you want to quickly touch on that before we move on to the next game here, but uh, I think the, you know, there's another team with a new head coach, right? I think they're trying to still figure some, figure things out, but I still feel like they need a true point guard. I don't think Marcus Smart or Dennis Schroeder is the answer for them. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think they've been an interesting team so far. It hasn't really quite felt right at any point this year for them, uh, especially with you know some weird weird comments in the media and uh, obviously absences as well. So for due to injuries and COVID, so I think you don't want to totally judge it. I mean, it's tough, right? Because you never want to give up on a player of either of, the, of their caliber, J- Jalen and Jason. I think you really want to try to make that work because it's going to be hard to win a trade where you're trading. You know those guys arguably both top 20 players. I mean, unless you're looking at a Dame Lillard for, for Jalen Brown type trade, not that that's been anywhere close to rumored. I think the point guard thing is interesting. Um, I mean, they've had Kemba Walker and they've had Kyrie Irving in there. It hasn't totally clicked. Um, obviously not at a point where Tatum and Jalen have been in their prime. So it's kind of interesting to see what will, what will be the next step for this organization is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just hard. I mean, Making two wings work is really hard. Um, yeah. You know, the Clippers kind of had it going, but that was really Kawhi's team. Uh, and, and, and that and that made it easier. You know, right now, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are making it work, but that's because they're winning. Like, I, I think it's really easy when things are going well to make it work with a my turn, your turn kind of wing situation yeah. um, because you're winning games and everyone's happy. But when the losses start to pile up, I mean, it's really hard to have a successful my turn, your turn situation. Um yeah. And the Clippers have made it work. The Bulls are making it work right now. All credit to them. But I think it's going to be interesting. Like for the Bulls, it's not always going to be this rosy between Levine and, and DeRozan. There's a lot of ISO that does go on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, there's a lot of ISO in Boston as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they look. And there is no bona fide hierarchy between those guys either, which is, I think, can be tough. Um, you know, there's no, it, there's, it's kind of a 1A, 1B right now. Um, so they kind of got to figure that out as well. But you know, coming back to this game, definitely in the Knicks uh, at home, good chance on the pick off the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. I do like the Knicks here tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics, and I, you are leaning towards the under as well in this game, right, Zach? Yep. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game here. We have uh, the Detroit Pistons headed to Memphis. 
to take on the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies right now are a 12.5-point home favorite, currently seeing a total of 219.5. Pistons, another team that played tonight against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, where they got their doors blown off, 140-111 in this game. Uh, no starters played more than uh, 20, or sorry, more than 30 minutes um, in this game. I think the coach knew that they are in a back-to-back situation here. Kind of looking at some of the ATS metrics and stats here for both of these teams. Um, the sorry, the Detroit Pistons three and two against the spread on back-to-back situations, four and one to the under. Memphis overall this season twenty-four and fifteen against the spread. They are eleven and ten at home. Three, sorry, seven and eight as a home favorite. Um, Zach, let's start with the spread here, man. Twelve and a half here for the Memphis Grizzlies. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to shock anyone here. Listen, last year, I think I'm going with the Pistons here. does kind of feel like a, like a lot of points uh, for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are a team that I do like the back, especially as kind of a, a pesky dog. I mean, we've seen them go in and, and get a lot of really impressive wins this season. Um, they're, they're a team that, you know, they're 13 and five against spread on the road, nine and four against spread as a road underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, but you come back to as a home favorite, that's kind of their worst against the spread category here at, you know, it's seven and eight. They've been one of the best teams against spread in the league. So I don't love the situation for Memphis to cover a huge number. I usually like to, you know, back them as sort of that, that gritty grizzly team. We know them to be the Pistons, you know, coming off a loss tonight. Um, they haven't really been, been, the the against the spread team that you would like to see them be kind of as they were last year a little bit of a darling for me um sure. but but 13 points here does feel like a lot um and, and you know they're, they're a team that as young as they are i'm not too worried about the back-to-back um as compared to maybe maybe the celtics or, or the warriors who, who we also see on the slate yeah i think for the for the pistons what, what the thing that does concern me right now is defensively um they haven't been that sound, right? I mean, they gave up 116 to the San Antonio Spurs on New Year's Day. That wasn't overtime. They got the a huge outright underdog victory over the Milwaukee Bucks the other night. And tonight, they gave up 140 over their last uh, couple games here on back-to-back situations. Um, the Detroit Pistons have given up. Uh, let's see. They gave up only 90 to the Miami Heat, but that was without their main stars in that lineup for the Miami Heat. But other than that, they gave up 114 to the Bucks, 121 to the Toronto Raptors. Um, so I think that kind of concerns me about the Pistons. Um, this Memphis team is hot right now. Um, don't think I want to get in front of that train. I will reluctantly lay the points here with the Memphis Grizzlies, but I do love the Memphis Grizzlies team total get over the mark here tomorrow uh, against mm. this Pistons defense. Um, that number isn't out yet. Uh, look for it. I'll probably drop it in the Slack channel or on my um, on my Twitter. So look out for it there. But yeah, I do like um, or, or leaning towards the Grizzlies here minus twelve and a half. Um, thoughts on the total here, uh, Zach? Two nineteen and a half. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that over. I mean, the Pistons really rough performance tonight defensively. Although you look do look at Charlotte shot fifty seven percent from three. Yeah. Um, so that that's always something to take a look at. I, I would lean over there. Um, but you know, not a huge totals guy here. Yeah. I think for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, the last three games, uh, or sorry, over the last four games, the, uh, under is three Oh and one, but, um, Hmm. yeah, I kind of do lean towards the over as well in this game. Uh, I think the bulk of the points may just come from Memphis with the rest advantage, um, here in this game for tomorrow night. Um, anything else for this game? Uh, Zach, you want to get to? 
No, I mean, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch, uh, you know, Cade Cunningham and, and John Moran if they get any matchups, two of the, you know, future young stars of the league. So hopefully we get them both healthy and uh, matched up on a couple, uh, you know, ISOs out there. We, we can see how they shape up. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. John Moran, one of the more exciting players, and he's having an absolutely phenomenal season for the Memphis Grizzlies thus far yep. this season, uh, guiding them to, I believe, they're in the four spot in the uh, Western Conference. Yep. Uh, let's move over to the next game, uh, Zach. We have the Golden State Warriors uh, traveling to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans, uh, where the current line right now, I'm seeing the Warriors favored by four and a half, currently seeing a total of 218 and a half. Warriors, another team that did play tonight uh, against Dallas, they dropped this game uh, in an ugly, ugly uh, game. Uh, offense was not or uh, yeah, offense was at a premium here tonight. 99-82, Dallas gets the victory over the Golden State Warriors. Um, not a great shooting night for Steph Curry. Five of 24 from the field, one of nine from three-point land. Um, uh, they were five of 28 from three-point land combined as a team for 18%. Uh, they did take the lead in that third quarter, but that fourth quarter they were outscored by the Dallas Mavericks 29-15. to Looking at some of the uh, ATS numbers here for the Golden State Warriors, they are one of the best teams against the spread. 22-12-2 overall against the spread. 3-2 and two against the spread on back-to-back situations. 3-1-1 one one to the over um, in back-to-back situations. For the New Orleans Pelicans uh, at home, they have been pretty good. They're 10-8 and eight against the spread. 8-7 and seven as a home underdog and 2-1 and one as a home favorite. Uh, let's start here with the spread, uh, Zach. Four and a half point favorites for the Warriors here, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, kind of an interesting line here. I mean, I think the the Suns and the Jazz, who both came to New Orleans recently, you know, significantly more heavily favored. So I do wonder with the Warriors on a back-to-back, are there injury things we don't know yet? Um, I'm going to be on the Pelicans. Curious to see where this number ends up. Um, but, yeah, kind of a, a curious line here, don't you think? Yeah, it is very curious because I think the Phoenix Suns came into New Orleans the other night. And I believe they were like an eight or nine point. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the Jazz were favored by nine and a half, uh, I think, yeah. two, what, two nights ago. So, yeah, Phoenix was favored by six and a half. I think one note that we do need to keep track of uh, for the Warriors is that I was watching this game and Curry banged knees with, I think it was Dorian Phoenix Smith, and he was a little hobbly. He okay. did stay in the game. So maybe they give Steph Curry a night off. Um, kind of trying to see the schedule here for the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, the back to back tonight, and then the next game isn't until Sunday, uh, where they see the return of Clay. Thompson. And that's Clay, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye on the injury report. Let me see if they've posted anything for the New Orleans Pelicans for tomorrow night. Pelicans uh, are all clear except for uh, Sadaransky yes, and then, and then the, the long term injuries, yeah. So, um yeah, curious spread here. I think we probably need some more information. If I had a gun to my head, I'd probably be chalky and take the Warriors here as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Seems kind of trappy, uh, but I think they would probably bounce back in a back-to-back situations, um, just depending on if Steph Curry's going to go tomorrow night or uh, Zach. Yeah, I know. I mean, the, the Pelicans, look, they were they were right there with the Jazz, but obviously these elite teams, I mean, they're capable of – I think what's really tough about betting these underdogs is, like, these elite teams are just, like, in the NBA, it's such a game of runs, and – as long as they hang around, they hit that big run in the third or fourth quarter, and it's like spreads out of reach. That, that feels like the story of so many of these, you know, cute underdogs that I like to play, especially with all like it's, – it's just a weird uh, – it, it's 
taking the time to mentally adjust to like a 15, 20 point lead in the first half means nothing. Um, you know, and, and with the Warriors, like they're always obviously one click away. So, you know, four and a half probably wouldn't be enough for me, obviously, if Steph is playing. But if he's not, I see myself on the Pelicans here for sure, coming off three straight losses, uh, continuing to be at home, continuing to play well and show signs of, uh, of life. So um, I will lean with the Pelicans, but, uh, you know, you definitely want to get the injury report going here. Yeah, 100%. Definitely check this injury report for uh, as soon as it drops tomorrow. Um, my gut kind of tells me I think Steph Curry may sit out uh, this game. So, yeah, same. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the injury report. Um, thoughts on the total before we move on to the last game here? Uh, Zach, 218 and a half. Uh, Thing dependent on Curry, I think that's what it's all yeah. going to come down to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so again, for this game, guys, check the injury report before you place any bets for this game. Uh, Zach, let's get to the last game for tomorrow night. We have the L.A. Clippers headed to Phoenix to take on the Suns, where the Suns are a 12-point home favorite, currently seeing a total of 219. Um, let's check the injury report here, the early injury report for both of these teams. DeAndre Ayton, I believe, is available. I saw a note come across that he was going to be playing this game. Um, he's returning from health and safety protocols, as well as Jay Crowder. Um, JaVale McGee, same thing, returning to competition, reconditioning. Uh, Landry Shamit is out for this game. He's in health and safety protocols. For the LA Clippers, uh, Nick Batum is questionable. Brandon Boston, I believe, uh, they said he's going to be active tomorrow. We know about Paul George. Uh, Luke Kennard also in health and safety protocols. And the two big men for the LA Clippers, Isaiah Hardstein and Ivan Zubac, are also out for this game for the LA Clippers. Um, let's start with the spread here, uh, Zach. Minus twelve. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an, an, another big time spread here. Twelve points. I would normally like to be on the dog, um, but I am going to go with Phoenix here. Um, this feels like with with, with the Clippers kind of running out of gas in in this in this post Paul George uh, situation. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much do they really have to go up against, especially if Batum's not back? Um, so I will go with the Suns here, missing Aiden, missing Crowder, um, but still just a supremely superior team um, and, and, and an opportunity here to rack up another another nice win. So I will lay the 12 with the Suns. Um, but, you know, to be honest, don't love it as much as I do perhaps the Knicks, uh, you know, previewing this lock and dog situation. Yeah, I think what the one thing that concerns me and I've been uh, watching this is ever since those two big guys have been out, for the LA Clippers, the paint has been wide open for their opponents. And right now, over the last five games for the LA Clippers, they're allowing 56.4 points uh, inside the paint. Now, coincidentally, same situation for the Phoenix Suns, but they should be getting DeAndre Ayton back tomorrow, which should give them some rim protection um, and, and bolster their defense because the defense has also fallen off um, for the uh, Phoenix Suns over the past couple of games here. Their defensive efficiency over the uh, past five games is all the way down uh, to where were they? They were tops in the league, but they're down to number 11. I think that's, that's telling for a Phoenix Suns team when they were hanging around in the top five, even one of the best defenses in the league. Um, Yeah. I think this is a game where the offense should get whatever they want for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, We've seen that over the past couple of games where they went into Charlotte dropped 133 points for the Clippers. They gave up 122 to Minnesota the other night. That was without, I believe, Cat was out in that game. Uh, D'Lo was out in that game. They had Anthony Edwards, but 
that's a little concerning for me where their defense is allowing, you know, this many points to opponents. So I like Phoenix also. I agree with you laying the points here minus a 12. I also do like Phoenix's team total to get over here uh, with East yeah. tomorrow night against yeah. the LA Clippers. Um, anything else for this game? Maybe a side or any players that might stand out for this game? I think DeAndre Aiden probably has a big game here if he plays. Yeah, I, so that'll be interesting to see if he does play or not. I mean, I think I think Chris Paul, like this is one of those games where he's absolutely carves. Uh, we've seen that a little bit. So Chris yeah. Paul might be a guy I would target tomorrow for DFS. But yeah, I think, you know, definitely like that team total over angle that you that you threw out there. Um, and, you know, we, we, we will see. I mean, it's a small four-game slate, but but still opportunities for solid games here. Yeah, uh, I just need to correct myself that DeAndre Aiden has cleared health and safety protocols, but he remains out Thursday due to conditioning. So no DeAndre Aiden okay. for the Phoenix Suns uh, tomorrow night against the LA Clippers. But I still think I like this, um, the Suns even uh, laying the 12 points here against the Clippers. Anything else for this game, uh, Zach, before we get to our lock and dog? Now let's do it. Um, you know, it, it's been so long since I, I potted. I need to remember, got to get the two glasses of water over one. I'm like, I'm like losing my voice. So most I've chatted, you know, in a minute, but it's just, um, no, it's, it's fun. And like, I, I think uh, just there's nothing better you can do to like follow the NBA than just to like wake up and, and look at the slate and just like yeah. see what, what these spreads are, you know, for each and every game, who's playing, like you get to just lock in, take a look at the injury report. I mean, keeping up on this stuff day to day and then just staying locked in on, on where numbers are at every single day is just probably like the, the most fun thing. I mean, for us that we just love this. So um, fun for a, for a four game slate for a 14 game slate. I mean, you got to love it. So excited for tomorrow. See how these pan out and um, yeah, I'm good. All right. So let's get into our lock and dog for this Thursday night schedule. Um, you want to go first, Zach? Yeah, give me uh, the, give me the the Knicks is my lock for sure. I uh, okay. definitely like that play a lot. We'll be on that. As a dog, um, let me throw out the Pistons for you. I think that the Pistons are you know a, a very long shot here, but that's a big line for the Grizzlies. Um, and, and the Pistons are a team we just saw them seventeen point underdog go beat Milwaukee. Um, so they have it in them. You know, take a dart throw here at the Pistons money line. Yeah, I mean, you never know. We've seen weirder things happen. Like the Pistons yep. went into, I'm um, sorry, Milwaukee. And as I, I think they were like a 16, 17 point underdog in that yeah, game. Yeah, 17 got, point. Yeah, outright victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. So anything crazy can happen on, on any given night in the NBA. Um, for my lock, <clears throat> I'm going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to give out a team total. Uh, yep. I think we both do like the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night. So if you do want to side as a lock for me, I will take the Suns also. But I like the Suns team total tomorrow night against this Clippers defense, man. It should come around around 115 and a half, probably 116. I, I think that this is another game where they can put up 120 points against this Clippers defense and just get whatever they want inside the paint. Um, so I'll throw that as my lock out there. Um, for my dog, uh, man, uh, not much of a selection here. I guess I'll, I'll take the Pelicans money line in the first half. Um, hmm. I think that this that's a an alternate way to maybe look at it. Um, again, dependent on if Steph Curry plays or not. I think that you know the Pelicans can keep it competitive in that first half. Maybe the Warriors pull away at that point, but um, having that rest advantage for the Pelicans, I'll take the Pelicans first half. Uh, against the spread and sprinkle on that money line as well. 
Who Zach, that is going to bring us to the end of the show, man. We've been chatting it up for close to hour and 15 minutes here on a four-game schedule. But, hey, it has been an absolute blast, as usual, having you back on the NBA Gambling Podcast, man. I'm just so happy and so excited that you're back in the fold for the NBA Gambling Podcast, and I'm sure the listeners are excited as well. Um, final thoughts, man. Um about the NBA or anything that you want to throw out there? Nah, man, I, I think this has been a really fun season so far. I mean, I, I, I love the regular season always, um, but, you know, this is, this one has been just there. Seems like we're, you know, hopefully getting back to normal a little bit in terms of these absences, getting guys back in the fold. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be sooner than you think that we're, you know, looking at, at playoff seating and all that type of stuff. So looking forward to be back, hopefully get some fun concepts, uh, you know, to, you know, come up with some more show segments uh, that, that can, you know, be fun. And we can talk about some niche players. I always, I always like to try to do that. So excited for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, it's great to see you hosting and, and I've been following along and you got to love SGPN, such a good community, you know, and it's, it's been great. So uh, excited for the rest of the season. So thanks for a great show tonight. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, like I said, it's great to have you back. Uh, for the NBA gambling pot. It's been a, definitely a fun season so far in the NBA. So we're just getting started, man. We're approaching the halfway point. I think next week we'll be there. We're going to get into the trade deadline. We're going to get into uh, eventually the playoffs. But yeah, it's been as fun as usual. Uh, Zach, we will be back next week with you. We're back in the fold, man. I'm excited. Uh, make sure to download the SGPN app, guys. Um, just go to your app store or Google Play Store, download the SGPN app, just put in SGPN, you'll see the black and red logo. Uh, make sure to leave a rating and review. Maybe send us a tweet at Gambling Podcast and also the SGPN NBA, NBA Gambling Podcast, about how excited you guys are to have Zach back in the fold. So um, we'll be back on Friday morning between myself and Terrell to break down the Friday schedule as well as a prop cast. Will will be back this week to break down the NBA player props until uh, then guys, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball.